Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is The Surge Effect, and I'm your host, Mike Surge. This podcast will be talking about anything and everything. Life in general to current events and past events, and all things about this beautiful and wonderful world that we live in. And this podcast, well, it'll probably have an effect on you. Welcome back to another episode of the Surge Effect. Today, we are going to be doing a little bit of talking about uh, Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford. Basically, election to declension. Basically, from uh, starting off to falling down. Anyway, uh, here we go. We're going to get started here. Actually, before I do get started... I just wanted, <clears throat> excuse me, I just wanted to make mention, uh, a few podcasts ago, I talked about um, Ukraine and mentioned about, um, there was a, uh, a ghost fighter from the Ukraine that was taking down MiG fighters, uh, some like uh, Ukrainian ace was taking down fighters. Uh, anyway, uh, that was misinformation. Uh, so uh, I have to let you know that because uh, it was mainstream media released it. And, of course, a few days later, it was all debunked. So that, in actual fact, is not true. Along with a couple other clips that were on the mainstream media were not true as well. So um, if I find out the stuff that I'm telling you, some of the stuff that I come across that I'm telling you that's uh, it's not true, I will let you know. And that was definitely one of them. Anyway. Uh, oh, another one was actually the uh, 13 um, soldiers that were on Snake Island as well um, that supposedly were destroyed by the Russian warship. Uh, that was also fake news. Uh, a few days later, they were, they were found, I guess they were captured. I guess they were prisoners of war. Um, so that also was fake news. So there you go. So it just goes to show you, um, people can be fooled. I can be fooled. Other people can be fooled. That's just the way it is, especially when you keep hitting that mainstream narrative just over and over again. And just you hear it from all angles and you go, oh, must be true. Well, in fact, it is not Anyway, so let's just start off with Justin here. Um, so Justin first started his uh, political career. He started off, uh, he was first elected in the House of Commons uh, in 2008 at the uh, young age of 36. Uh, the Liberals were in a, uh, opposition, uh, and after the 208, or 2008 and 2011 general elections, uh, under the Liberal leader Stefani Dion, Trudeau was the Liberal critic for citizenship and immigration, youth and multiculturalism. If you could imagine that. Anyway, Trudeau led the Liberals in the 2015 election from third place to the ho- in the House of Commons at dissolution to win a majority government, defeating incumbent Prime Minister Stephen Harper and his Conservatives. Uh, this is what Trudeau had to say in his acceptance speech to us Canadians in 2015, 19, and 20. I'm sure you will hear the same rhetoric that he has said and I do not believe that he believes. Take a look. Sunny ways, my friends, sunny ways. This is what positive politics can do. This is what a positive, hopeful, a hopeful vision and a platform and a team together can make happen. Canadians, 
Canadians from all across this great country sent a clear message tonight. It's time for a change in this country, my friends, a real change. And of course, to my fellow Canadians, it has been the greatest honour of my life to serve you for these past four years, and tonight you're sending us back to work for you. We take this responsibility seriously, and we will work hard for you, for your families, and for your future. To those who voted for our party, thank you for putting your trust in our team. Thank you for having faith in us to move this country in the right direction. A clear mandate to get Canada through this pandemic and to the brighter days ahead. And my friends, that's exactly what we are ready to do. There are still votes to be counted, but what we've seen tonight is that millions of Canadians have chosen a progressive plan. Some have talked about division, but that's not what I see. That's not what I've seen these past weeks across the country. I see Canadians standing together, together in your determination to end this pandemic, together for real. Hmm. Interesting. Real change. Uh, he's going to get uh, back to work for us. Um, work hard for us and our future and our families. Clear mandate to get us through this pandemic and he doesn't see division. He, doesn't, he sees Canadians standing together. Well, I'll show you some Canadians standing together. And it was up in Ottawa. Have a look. So in a few short years, I witnessed this prime minister saying things like, we're going to get back to, I'm going to get back to work for you guys and your families and your future and not seeing any divisiveness, saying those kind of things. Well, here's another video you can look at where he's kind of saying the opposite. So here you go. Have a look at this. We on va s'en sortir de cette pandémie par la vaccination. Puis on, sait, on en connaît tous des gens qui sont en train d'hésiter un petit peu. On va continuer d'essayer de les convaincre. Mais il y a aussi des gens qui sont farouchement opposés à la vaccination. Qui sont extrémistes. Qui ne croient pas dans la science, qui sont souvent misogynes, souvent racistes aussi. C'est un, 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 un petit groupe, mais qui prend de la place. Et là, il faut faire un choix en tant que leader, en tant que pays. Est-ce qu'on... Est-ce qu'on tolère ces gens-là ou est-ce qu'on dit, ben voyons, la plupart des gens, presque 80% des Québécois, ont fait ce qu'il fallait faire, se sont fait vacciner, on veut revenir à, 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 aux choses qu'on aime faire, eh, c'est pas ces gens-là qui vont nous bloquer maintenant. Now, calling Canadians racists, misogynistic extremists, who don't believe in science and are taking up space, and should they be tolerated? Does this sound like some guy from the previous clips I just shown? that is accepting speech about being here for citizens and the families and our future. Just a question. Well, how about this clip where he talks about fear? Hardly seems like the same guy of today. Have a look at this one. 
fear is a dangerous thing. Once stoked, whether by a judge from the bench or a prime minister with a dog whistle, there is no way to predict where it will end. These are troubling times. Across Canada, and especially in my home province, Canadians are being encouraged by their government to be fearful of one another. For me, it is both unconscionable and a real threat to Canadian liberty. So something happened from for sure because this same politician who said in his acceptance speeches about being there for us and helping our families and our futures did this. When Canadian citizens of this country simply wanted their lives back, two years of businesses being closed or shut down for good, and families going through funerals with small groups of, of, uh, of their family and not getting together with their, with their friends or other family members, to simply just maybe have a conversation, to lift our mandates in a society who are already over 80% vaccinated. Have a look and listen what his answer was to people who are using their Charter of Rights and Freedoms to peacefully protest. Watch this one. Government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. Therefore, the federal government will be ending the use of the Emergencies Act. Now, does invoking and then days later revoking the Emergency Act seem like a person who is there for the people of this country? That's just a simple question I'm just throwing out there. I don't think I'm the only one who thinks this. So listen and watch to some of these senators talk about the abuse of power by this prime minister. First off, take a look at Senator Leo Husakis. Have a look at him. I want to remind all senators in this chamber that our fundamental role where we were, when we were summoned to this place is to be the voice of our regions, to be the voice of minorities in this country. Voices that need to be heard, voices that need to be represented when they feel they're not being adequately represented, particularly in the other side, but also when they feel that they're being trampled on by the executive branch of government. There's no role more important in this place than the role of oversight of this institution on the government. And in this particular instance, we see a government where one minute these protesters, convoys were coming to Ottawa and they were marginalized by the prime minister. He called them a fringe minority. And the next minute, this fringe minority, the small group of Canadians that are anti-vaxxers and anti-mandates all of a sudden became such a threat that we had to impose something that's been done in this country only three times before in the history of this country. Senators are obligated to bring the parties together, not to throw fuel on the fire, not to call protesters names, not to call them extreme right or extremists or racists or a few other words I won't even mention. We've had this debate and there's no point to, to revisit it. That kind of... Pretty powerful words by Senator Leo Husakis. 
And here's yet another senator, Don Plett. He's standing up for the truth and what people who were listening all heard. Have a listen and look at this man's speech in the upper chamber of this country. Have a look. The Prime Minister's characterization of them as racist, misogynist, insurrectionist, and a fringe minority was shameful. He portrayed them as dangerous, potentially violent, and possibly terrorist. They all had intolerable views. How can we tolerate these people, he asked. This is incredible. The Prime Minister of Canada goes on television and asks the questions about millions of his fellow citizens. How can we tolerate these people? Yet, there were, yes, there were idiots with racist views in this group. And no one in this chamber should tolerate the display of racist signs. But if you paint everyone with the same brush, all those who attended this protest, all those who supported the convoy on its way to Ottawa, all those who admired their courage to demand and enter the mandates, when you missed, then you missed the point. Can someone, can anyone in this chamber really think that Jagmeet Singh's brother, his own brother, would contribute $17,000 to a far-right racist movement? I don't think so. Now, I can't play all these speeches because they are well over an hour long apiece. So I just gave you a little bit short clip of basically their introductory to their, to their speech to uh, the upper chamber and the rest of the senators. Now, there's one more short clip I'll show you. And I'd like you to hear and watch another senator talk about what's going on. The senator's name is Denise Batters. Have a look at this one. Honorable Senators, I rise to speak to this Emergencies Act motion. What a sad day it is, Honorable Senators, that it has come to this, that this Trudeau government has invoked and employed the Emergencies Act on Canadian citizens before it could even be voted on in Parliament. Tear gas and batons and lines of police to shove back protesters chanting for freedom. Truck windows smashed, bank accounts frozen, frozen promises to hunt down even those who chose to leave the protest voluntarily. And even now, with the bridge blockades, bridge blockades in Ottawa's protests cleared, the Prime Minister can't tell us when the Emergencies Act and its extensive government powers will be lifted, only that his government plans to make some of the features of those extensive powers permanent. The incredible division among Canadians in this moment is largely of Prime Minister Trudeau's own making. He and his government have divided Canadians among themselves, vaxxed and unvaxxed, and through his incendiary language, turned them on one another. From the time of the election onwards, Prime Minister Trudeau has used this public health emergency as a political wedge issue, without regard for the Canadians in the middle who have become collateral damage. He has called them extremists. All right, so it's in my personal opinion that this Prime Minister, with his hateful rhetoric towards the Canadian citizens, saw the writing on the wall. And he just knew that these senators, they were not going to pass this emergency act. So he saved face by revoking the act. And in turn, it made him look, look like it was his idea. So is this some type of political posturing? Eh, possibly, possibly not. I'll let you be the judge of that. So anyway, I want to show you one last video. And I'd like you to watch it. And it's one about Trudeau talking about our Charter of Rights. And freedoms. Mm, there you go. And why our tax dollars 
had to pay for Omar Kadar's $10.5 million suit. Taxpayers paid this gentleman that amount of money. And I talked about that in a couple of uh, videos, a couple of podcasts ago as well. So pay close attention to what he says about our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. All right? Take a look at this one. When a Canadian government willfully turns its back on defending a Canadian's rights and allows a Canadian uh, to be tortured and mistreated, we all end up paying. That is the lesson. So, ma'am, I want you to continue to be angry. I want all of you to continue to be angry and frustrated that a Canadian government had uh, to make that settlement and take it as a lesson. Now, that is interesting. It's an interesting take on, on how he felt then I and mean, then earlier videos. Now he somehow he violates the rights of the, the people that are peacefully protesting according to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms by him in, invoking the Emergency Act. It's... Um, that was quite something. Anyway, let's move on to uh, a little bit of Doug Ford. And Doug Ford was elected in Ontario. He's our premier of Ontario. He was elected in 2018. Um, now, a lot's happened since, of course, 2018. Um, but here's the first acceptance speech of Doug Ford and what he had to say a little bit about us. Have a look at this one. From the bottom of my heart, I will never forget the trust you put in me. My, <laughs> my friends, this victory belongs to you. This victory belongs to the people. And tonight, the people of Ontario have spoken. People from every walk of life, from every corner of this great province, people from every political stripe, you have come together around one common vision of Ontario. You have sent a clear message, a message of hope and prosperity. <laughs> so, a common vision for Ontario, a clear message. Uh, one hope, prosperity. A few short years later, and this province is locked down, and the businesses that have been around for decades were lost forever. Also being closed and not being allowed to open their doors until, of course, the government releases our restrictions. No clear path except for people to get vaxxed or not get vaxxed and lose their jobs. Family and friends pulled apart once again because of decisions made by this provincial government. This is all unacceptable, in my opinion. Now, was this all political or was it really science-based? I'll leave that totally up to yourselves. So when he invoked a state of emergency, Doug Ford declared on Ontario, this was our first lockdown, basically. This is what he had to say in the video. Have a look here. This morning, I've declared a state of emergency 
in the province of Ontario. We're facing an unprecedented time in our history. This is a decision that was not made lightly. COVID-19 constitutes a danger of major proportions. We're taking this measure because we must offer our full support and every power possible to help our healthcare sector fight the spread of COVID-19. The first order under this declaration will be the prohibition of organized public events of over 50 people, including parades and events and services within places of worship until March the 31st. Secondly, the following establishments are closed effective immediately until March the 31st. All facilities providing indoor recreational programs, all public libraries, all private schools as defined in the Education Act, all licensed childcare centers, all bars and restaurants, except to the extent that such facilities provide takeout food and delivery. All theaters, including those offering live performances of music, dance, and other art forms, as well as cinemas that show movies and concert venues. So here's another clip of Ford. After all of us Ontario citizens have been locked down for a little over nine months, almost a year, basically, uh, close to a year, and this is what he says after almost a year. Have a look at this one. Well, good afternoon. Since our first confirmed case in January, in the declaration of emergency in March, our lives have been turned upside down. Throughout this pandemic, it's been a difficult time for all of us. I know you've all made many sacrifices. Time not spent with friends and family, celebrating special occasions with loved ones. And I know that it's hard to imagine a light at the end of the tunnel right now. Folks, I know it's been long nine months for all of us. And I know in now it's hard seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. There are still well over another year to go after this 2020 video clip. We're still living like hermits and we don't have our freedom of movement and freedom of choice. These are all taken away from us. So here's yet another video of Doug Ford talking about closures and more vaccines and boosters all because of the Omicron variant. Have a look at this. As a place from in the short term, these two weeks will provide much needed time for more vaccines, more boosters. It's more time for additional public health measures to blunt the rapid rise in cases. I know online learning isn't ideal, but above all else, I want to provide students and parents with certainty, not the turmoil of school closures because not enough staff are available to teach our kids. Now these decisions will disappoint people, they will confuse some people, and they will anger some people. I understand all those reactions. As Premier, these are the hardest decisions I make, but we follow the data, and the fact is this. Omicron spreads like wildfire. It only takes the smallest opportunity to infect, and if we do not act, 
If we don't do everything possible to get this variant under control, the results could be catastrophic. It is a risk. I cannot. After well over a year and going into second year, vax people and boosted as well. We are still getting this from our Ontario government, Doug Ford. More restrictions. Have a look. Has confirmed the province is considering putting large parts of the economy back into lockdown for at least 21 days in order to preserve hospital capacity and keep schools open. Among the restrictions being considered are no indoor dining, limits on banquet halls and weddings, gathering limits of 25 people outdoors and five fully vaccinated individuals indoors, a 50% capacity limit on essential retail and 25% capacity limit on non-essential retail. The province is also considering cancelling all ticketed events, as well as reimposing limits on gyms and personal care services. Sources say the restrictions could be altered before being announced, but some health experts say these moves should have been implemented earlier. So remember these Ontario protesters? These Ontario citizens, the Canadian citizens, they have the right to peacefully protest. He makes it sound like these peaceful protesters are going to pay a horrible price if they don't leave and that they were terrorizing the people of Ottawa. So here is Doug talking about the protesters in Ottawa and, of course, the borders. Take a look at this video. So peacefully, but to the very small groups who have chosen to take a different path, to those who have chosen to take a city of one million people hostage for the past two weeks, to those who've attempted to disrupt our way of life by targeting our lifeline for food, fuel, and goods across our borders, to those trying to force a political agenda through disruption, intimidation, and chaos. My message to you is this. Your right to make a political statement does not outweigh thousands of workers to earn their living. It does not outweigh our right to get food across our borders. Your right to make a political statement does not outweigh the rights of a million people in Ottawa to live peacefully, free of harassment and chaos in their own homes. So let me be as clear as I can. There will be consequences for and now, like I've said in the past, uh, the border blockings, in my opinion, the ones that were illegal, and of course, Ottawa was not, you may or may not agree with me, and I'm sure you have your own opinion, but I don't believe in, obviously, the illegal blockades. I don't believe in, in, in Windsor and, and, uh, and Alberta. If they're illegal, they're illegal. But the ones in Ottawa were not, in my opinion. Uh, because the laws that they broke were like parking tickets, maybe. And then they literally all got charged with mischief, which is, you know, what's this, putting bubble gum underneath your desk when you're back in school as a kid? Come on, it's mischief, right? So for that, you know, all these, you know, they all invoked the Emergency Act. It's kind of it's crazy. But anyway, finally, this last video of Doug Ford was him talking about COVID and how he himself even doesn't like it at all, doesn't like all the measures that were taken, but he was the premier that actually made those measures. We were living under 
his leadership. And this is what he invoked on us. Saying that he's saying things like it doesn't matter about how many vaxxers you get and you can still catch it and blah, blah, blah. These are his words, not mine. Now, when all is said and done, have a look at this video and see what you think about it. Because I believe that <laughs> when all is said and done, uh, he's basically saying the same things that most Canadians have said. But all the things that he, are, uh, that he was saying, in my opinion, is a little bit too little, too late. Now, because it was all in his power to do everything uh, to this, in this province. And I think that the citizens will remember everything that he did to them in this province. So final video, have a look at this one. Doug Ford talking about basically the wrap-up of the uh, coronavirus. Let's unite this country. I've never seen this country in this province so divided. You know, it has affected friendships, it's affected co-workers, it's affected families. Who wants to protest? Go, God bless them. But as soon as you hold up the border, a critical trade border in this, in this province, and you're putting the 4,600 people's jobs at risk here, and hundreds of thousands of other plants are threatening to close down and leave, it's game over. Ford says he supports Prime Minister Trudeau's invoking the Emergency Act with a caveat. Any special powers need to be extremely targeted, only used for as long as necessary to resolve the situation, and not one minute longer. It doesn't matter if you have one shot or 10 shots, you can catch COVID. See, the Prime Minister has triple shots, and I, I know hundreds of people with three shots that caught COVID. It's true vaccines are less effective when it comes to preventing Omicron spread. What the Premier didn't say, though, is they reduced the chance of people ending up in the hospital, nor did he encourage people to get their shots. And for the first time, Ford showed empathy for those who don't want to be vaccinated. There's the rebel rousers, and then there's just hardworking people that just don't believe in it. And, and that's their choice. This is about, again, their democracy and freedoms and liberties. And I, I hate as a government telling anyone what everyone's done with us. Like we are done with it. Let's, let's start moving on. So whether you agree with all of the measures Doug Ford took or you don't, this is what he truly feels. Another election is coming up in June of this year, uh, provincially. So we will see what the Ontario people have thought of Doug Ford's leadership. Um, once again, I'm not, uh, I'm just showing you videos of these people. I have my opinions on, on what I'm, I'll be doing. You can have your opinions on what you're, uh, you're going to do, obviously. This is a free country. Last time I checked, and you are able to vote however you like to whomever you'd like uh, when you go to the polls. So just wrapping things up a little bit, I just want to leave you with a few things. I'd just like to say, add a few things in closing, hopefully just to get your kind of your creative juices flowing, get your creative mind flowing a little bit. I found this somewhere and I kept it because it just makes sense and some, something that people should, be, should do more is, is critical thinking. To think outside the box and don't always believe the narrative that is told to you by the mainstream media uh, because of the repetition. They just do it over and over and over again. So anyway, this is a little thing I found. Uh, finding yourself is not really how it works. 
You earned a ten dollar bill in last winter's pocket. You are a, you are also not lost. Your true self is right there, buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions and inaccurate conclusions that you drew as a child and adult that become your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning yourself and unlearning any excavation or remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. Now, that's pretty profound. So here's another one. This is, uh, I don't know who uh, Joseph Goebbels is. Joseph Goebbels was the propaganda, um, basically, officer for uh, Adolf Hitler in World War II. He was uh, heavily into propaganda and misdirection, and he was really good at it. And here's a little quote from Joseph Goebbels. It says, if, he says, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent, for the truth is the more mortal enemy of the lie. And thus, by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Joseph Goebbels. So anyway, I'm going to leave you thinking about this last thought before I sign off. This is another little profound saying that I found, and it goes like this. Ignorance is not knowing the truth, but also unwilling to search for it. And stupidity is knowing the truth, but refusing to agree with it because it doesn't fit your views. We have to stop under-analyzing facts because we don't like the direction they point us in. So people across the world need to pay attention to what's going on in their own backyards. Who is running their governments? What person did you hire to work for you and your best interests? And who are you going to fire because they don't? Like I've said before, the best way to let these politicians know if they are doing a good job or a bad job is rewarding them with what they really truly deserve. Either hiring or firing them at the polling stations across this land. So get involved by mailing your members of parliament, municipal or provincial or federal governments. They all need to know your views on what they are trying to change about your way of life. So that's it in a nutshell. Pretty quick, pretty uh, quick podcast. And um, I'll just end it by saying thanks for tuning in. I hope I've given you something to think about. I hope uh, you've gained a little bit of knowledge by watching and listening to my podcast. And it's available on YouTube as well as Rumble, as well as any Apple device or Android uh, device. And uh, please don't forget to subscribe and hit the little bell for the notifications for any up-and-coming podcasts that I'll have coming out. All right. Anyway, have a great day, everybody. And once again, thanks for turning in, uh, tuning in to the Surge Effect. Have a great day. Cheers. This episode sponsored by He Shirts, She Shirts. 
go to www.heshirtsshirts.ca. Just type in the letters TSA, The Surge Effect. When you check out, type in TSA for your coupon and receive 10% off your next purchase. Thanks for listening to today's podcast, everybody.